Ahead of his highly anticipated first title defence against Aljamain Sterling at UFC 259, bantamweight champion Piotr Jan has oversaw one of the most dramatic changes to his camp since he turned pro in 2014. Hailing from Siberia, an area famed for its frosty climate, he has compiled one of the hottest streaks in the history of the bantamweight division, which paved the way to him claiming the vacant world title in what I consider to be a low-key fight-of-the-year contender against Jose Aldo in July 2020. Even before his meeting with Aldo, fans were crying out for a clash between Jan and Sterling, which most felt was the most obvious meeting to crown a new champion. Although the fight was initially scheduled for December, various complications forced it to be postponed until March. For the last six years, Yan has used Tiger Muay Thai as his home base for his fight preparation. However, with access to the US becoming more and more stringent, he has based his entire camp for Sterling in one of the most prestigious gyms in the sport, American Top Team. So what prompted the dramatic change? We're going to talk to members of Jan's team who have worked closely with him during the camp to gain an understanding of why. This is Pizzi Carroll for MMA on Point, and today I'll be taking an in-depth look at Piotr Jan's UFC 259 camp. Of course, we were all expecting to see this fight take place in December, so let's start this off by hearing Jan's team explain why the UFC never got it over the line. In mid-October, Fans rejoiced when the booking of Jan V. Sterling was made official for UFC 256 in Las Vegas. Although Jan secured a star-making moment with a fourth-round finish of legendary Brazilian Aldo three months before, Jan V. Sterling was thought to be the fight that would confirm the new top dog at 135 in the aftermath of Henry Cejudo's title vacation. With entry to Thailand becoming increasingly difficult due to the ever-changing impact of COVID-19, Jan already had begun building a camp in Russia. No mercy had planned to fly four or five top-rated fighters to his home homeland and put them up for the duration of the camp, but he also had to secure a visa to gain entry to the US. The Russian champion and his team had to scramble to gain his visa, venturing to neighbouring Kazakhstan to undergo the interview process. Although they eventually managed to obtain the visa, as far as Jan's management are concerned, all parties had not officially signed off on the fight. The surging bantamweight had spent a substantial amount of money on the camp, but by the time the December fight got the green light, his situation had changed significantly, as his manager Syed of Ruby Sports and Entertainment explained. Everything was going according to plan, but uh, I don't know why, what was the uh, holdup from the UFC end or from Aljamain's end. It ended up in contracts coming late, visas, documents coming late, and uh, also there's like or minor injuries. All together, we came to the decision to reschedule the fight, you know. Jan soon switched his attention to the US. We got a new date. Since he's already got the visa and the fight is in US, he decided to go to Miami for the camp because many of his uh, uh, previous training partners, friends, recommended him trained over there before. Everyone involved knew it would be a big risk to uproot the newly minted champion from his familiar surroundings. His team is confident he will reap big rewards from the move. Before making the move to Miami in early January, Jan had to put a core team together. The first person he reached out to was Tiger Muay Thai boxing coach John Hutchinson, who has been working closely with the UFC champion and several of Tiger's athletes for the last two years. A former professional boxer boasting a record of 12-2, the Bunkrana banger Hutchinson has made big waves in MMA for his coaching ability in a short period of time. Jan was one of the first fighters to reach out to Hutchinson, and despite the language barrier, the duo hit it off right from the jump. One day, Peter came up to me like, and he was just like having his first UFC fight at the time, like, and he didn't know English or nothing, and my accent too, like, you know. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it worked, but he says, "Hey, coach, can we do some pads?" And 
that time I wasn't a coach, even though like I was still and still fighting. You know, uh, I started working a bit with him, and then the next day, just text me like, "Can we go again?" And just a bit went from there. Hutchinson had arrived in Thailand to train, but he was quickly inundated with requests to work with fighters. Thankfully, Tiger helped guide him towards the coaching field when they enlisted him as the gym's head boxing coach. Since then, he has been a mainstay in the corners of Jan, Rafael Fizayev, an undefeated Uber prospect, Mohamed Mokhaev, among others. Jan also needed a presence within ATT, and luckily for him, his managers had a good link with BJJ legend and ATT head jiu-jitsu coach of nearly two decades, Marcus Pahompa de Mata. Before Peter King, his managers, both both of his managers are a good friend of mine. They approached me and said, listen, Peter wants to, to do his next camp at American Top Team and he wants to you to be his head coach over there. And I was very, very, I mean, honored. Pahompa initially trained with the famed Carlson Gracie team before moving to Brazilian Top Team. And his status as one of the greatest super featherweight competitors of the late 90s and early 2000s led to him being invited to be ATT's head jiu-jitsu coach. Beginning his stint with the team when it first opened its doors in 2002, he has cornered fighters on the biggest stages in the world, including Pride, K1 Heroes, and of course, the UFC. To help him coach his MMA charges to a greater level, Damata embarked on his own MMA career, compiling a record of 12-3. and He competed for the last time at the age of 45 in 2018, submitting an opponent of nearly half his age in the second round of the contest. There may have been some intrigue about how Pahompa and Hutchinson would gel, but luckily for Jan, they have had nothing but good things to say about each other. Pahompa is a Brazilian guy, very good, very intelligent, great great guy to work with, you know, I can focus strict on the stand-up. When it goes to the ground, he's a, he's a special guy on the ground, you know. I'm Peter's head coach at American Top Team. That doesn't mean that I'm Peter's main coach. Obviously, John is the guy that is, is with him for a long time. You know, I, I, I connected with John very well. We think similar. And as far as strategy, as far as training camp, you know, so it was an easy, very easy transition for me. As well as Hutchinson, Jan called on the services of good friend, 10-2 bantamweight Dennis Lavrentiev, who has also found himself being pitched by No Mercy as a potential opponent for Sterling's teammate, Merab Devilashvili. Longtime Jan cornerman, Alexei Sorokin, was the last of his core group to arrive in Florida. Having cornered his good friend and all of his UFC fights to date, he will again be on hand in Las Vegas to assist the champion on March 6th. Any time a fighter begins working with a new gym, there's always an element of the unknown in terms of how they will settle in. If you follow Jan on social media, you'll know he's been having a great time driving around Florida in a Lamborghini and availing of all the great fishing in the area. <laughs> And true to the image that the champion is putting out to the world, Hutchinson is adamant that he had no fears of him moving to the US MMA powerhouse. Peter's a true professional, like, you know, he can adapt, come to a new gym, that's nothing to him. This guy grew up in Siberia, he was doing the doors at 1819, he was bashing guys, like, you know, he's the guy you don't want to mess with, like. Even Pahompa has been surprised at how well Jan settled into his new surroundings. As far as Peter, he's a very uh, easy guy to coach, he trains hard, never any excuses, you know. So it's it's an easy an easy fit for especially especially for me, you know. During his time in the pro boxing ranks, Hutchinson was around some of the greatest boxers of his generation, and he's been thrilled with Jan's work since moving over to ATT. And while we're familiar with Jan's striking prowess, Pahumpa was surprised by the level that the Russian brought to the mat and the intelligence he has shown in grappling environments. I was actually very surprised with not only his ability to defend and, and stand back up, but also his 
overall grappling ability. He knows submissions, he knows uh, control, he knows takedowns. You know, obviously, everybody knows what Alderman wants and everybody knows what Peter wants. You know, obviously, Peter's strategy, it's, it's no secret to anyone. You know, it's defend the takedowns and knock him out. As a key fixture in the early evolution of jiu-jitsu and one of the great minds behind ATT's success, Damata highlighted Jan's grappling IQ as one of his greatest strengths when exchanging on the ground. He's really smart, you know, he really takes the right decision, you know, he knows uh, how to take the right decision at the right time, you know, sometimes he gets caught in a in a bad position, not a bad submission, but a bad position. He knows exactly what to do. It, it's it's he's so aware of everything. On a very base level, this fight will once again give us a classic style matchup between an elite grappler and an elite striker. Sterling is a two-time All-American having competed as a Division 3 wrestler and his slick submission game, honed under the legendary Matt Serra, makes him one of the last 135ers you want to tango on the ground with. Aljo has shown major wrinkles in his striking game since the first knockout loss of his career, which came at the hands, or specifically the knee, of Marlon Moraes. His diverse kicking game and forward pressure are elements we have seen on display on several occasions throughout the five-fight run that has paved his way to title contention. Particularly, Aljo's kicking arsenal has been bolstered significantly, but he also showcased some slick hands in his meeting with another ATT product, Pedro Munoz, and in his last outing prior to that, against Jimmy Rivera. Such is Sterling's confidence in his striking ability that he recently revealed that he is toying with the idea of competing in a boxing bout in an interview with James Lynch for Combat Sports on Fanatics View. In the same interview, Sterling insisted that he is not overawed by Jan's striking. He's not doing anything new in terms of striking uh he's got a couple of tricky things that he does that i'm making sure my guys emulate in training in our drills i don't think it's anything that i'm not going to be able to pick up on he's gonna have to bring something new to the table to really catch me off guard as unimpressed as Aljo claims to be with Jan's pugilistic prowess, Hutchinson doesn't believe that the Sarah Longo product will want a striking belt with the Russian. He can do as much boxing training as he wants, all the better if he does. I, I can't see it because it's like, a, I think it's just a front, you know, he's going to go to know what he knows best. You know, he gets hit once, he feels that power, he's going to shell up and Aljamain gets hit once, it's going to change his whole game plan, you know. Damata foresees a similar night of action. Alderman can say whatever he wants, that he's going to strike, but we, we all know that he's not going to strike. He's going to try to do to Peter what he did to Sam Hagen. Take the back and try to choke him out, you know, or, 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 or gas him out and, you know, and try to finish. So will it be the fistic fury of the champion or the grappling entanglements of the challenger that will steal the headlines next Saturday night? Predictably, Jan's team only see the fight going one way. I would say a, a TKO, you know, Peter... We'll, we'll, we'll finish the fight before the the, the the final belt ends, you know, that's my prediction, you know. This fight ain't going to distance, you know. Uh, I can't see it going past three rounds. It won't go past three rounds. Will Piotr Jan's big risk pay off as he embarks on his first journey as an American top team fighter? With the bantamweight division thriving, there are a host of interesting challenges that lie beyond March 6th for the victor. Corey Sandhagen has looked fantastic since his quick submission loss to Sterling. Rob Font's three-fight win streak has propelled him to the top of the division. Cody Garbrandt is ready to get back in there. And Jose Aldo's win over Marlon Vera proved that there's still life in the old dog yet. Even outside of the rankings, former champion TJ Dillashaw is primed for a return following his forced exodus from the sport due to a failed drug test. 
And let's be honest, we don't really believe that Triple C has hung up his gloves for good, do we? Whatever happens next, we're in for a real treat on March 6th when we find out for sure who is the best active bantamweight in the world. And to add to that, it's just one of three title fights we're going to see on the night. With that said, there's nothing left to do but to enjoy the fights. Big thanks to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on at Max underscore Randall on Twitter. Another massive thank you to Ben Rosette for the intro music. You can check out some of his tunes by clicking the link in the description. Catch the latest updates on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. As always, we appreciate the consumption of our wonderful content. Please like and subscribe. We upload three dazzling videos per week to keep you on your toes. So please hit us up in the comment section to tell us how you feel. You can also join our Discord channel, the link for which is in the description. I really hope you enjoyed the video this week. Slán August Bannacht.